Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Braun Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today is another remastered episode, and this one is from all the way back in 2020. I can't believe that this has been two, three years since I've started the podcast. This is a little bit of a throwback. This was episode 50 with a great friend of mine, Megan McAvoy. And Megan is a real inspiration, especially to myself. She is an incredible individual who has been through a lot, and that's what we're talking about today. We start by talking about Megan's diagnosis of laryngeal papillomatosis. So we review what that is, how that impacts her, and what kind of effect that's had on her life. But as you'll find out, Megan is not the type of person who is just going to accept what happens to her. She really steered her life in the direction she wanted to. She grabbed the bull by the horns. And as a result, Megan was able to have a very competitive ice skating career, figure skating career. She's currently studying for her doctorate degree. She is an amazing individual. Now, I will have to ask that you forgive me because, believe it or not, my interviewing skills at episode 50 are not quite the same as they are here at episode 215. So I did, as I was looking back and remastering the audio for this, it was really a nice moment for me to realize just how far that I've come with this. However, this episode's not about me. It's about Megan and the incredible person that she is. You've uh, you've had quite a journey here from what I understand. And I know you've been diagnosed with this rare disease. What exactly is that rare disease that you have? It's called laryngeal papillomatosis. The laryngeal papillomatosis. And what all does that entail? What does it affect? What exactly does that mean for people who aren't really familiar with it? Basically, I'll have these small little papillomas growing in my airway. And periodically, I'll have to get them lasered off so that they don't block my airway. Wow, um, that sounds crazy. So you've got this rare condition. As far as I was able to see, not many people have it, but there's literally these like t- small tumor-like things that grow in your airways. And you, you said you need surgery regularly to have them removed. How often do you have to go in for surgery? So it kind of goes in phases and it changes regularly, it seems. 12 surgeries a year at one point. That Have you noticed any kind of effects from all those surgeries or just the whole process itself or? All the surgery. My voice, because I've had so many laser surgeries, there's scar tissue surrounding my vocal cords, so they can't actually vibrate. So that's why my voice sounds like this. It's not a direct... Uh, results of the condition, but from all the surgeries I've had. And you said they kind of laser it off, and I can imagine that burning kind of feeling in your laryngeal area definitely is uh, rather unpleasant. So with that, despite having this uh, incredibly rare and extensive uh, disease and having to endure a lot of surgeries and procedures to get it treated, 
you're still a kind of big fitness influencer uh, by my standards and you've had a rather extensive uh, endeavor in ice skating. So would you be able to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I competitively figure skating for 13 years. Um, I first stepped on the ice when I was four years old. I was on a family vacation and I absolutely loved it. I begged my parents to keep taking me back in for lessons and that became a pretty serious thing starting in first grade. And then from then on, I just stuck with it until I graduated so a family vacation they took you ice skating one time and they they had no idea what they're getting into there absolutely no clue <laughs> so you started skating at age four i'm trying to remember what i was doing at age four i don't know if i could have had the balance or the ability to get by on ice skates that would have So how did that early uh, process of ice skating look like? Were you one of the little, um, I think they call them mice on ice or whatever, with the traffic cone wheeling around there? I never used the cone, but when I was first skating, I was extremely slow. When I first started jumping, I would jump maybe like an inch off the ice. Like it was barely anything. Like in plain English, I sucked. It was, it was really bad. Um, and later on in my career, one of my coaches even said to me, like, look, I didn't think you were going to make it anywhere in the sport because I just couldn't jump. I couldn't really do anything. And the stamina wasn't there to, like, do a program super well, especially, like, as I got older and the levels got more intense. Um, but probably around sixth, seventh grade, I was watching all my peers kind of progress faster than me. And it was making me mad. And I knew part of it was because I had a respiratory condition and that obviously is gonna impact you as an athlete. So by the time I was 12 or so, I just started training twice as hard as I was. And in my head, I just kind of fully committed to it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna make it to the Olympics, which was my dream as a kid. I know that's kind of out of the question, but I can pass all of my tests. And in figure skating, you have to take certain tests to get to the next level and compete at that level. So I was like, I wanna get to the highest level. I'm gonna get there, that's my new goal. And from then on, I just kind of ran with that. Just to backtrack a step there, for some people, myself included, I'm not overly familiar with the competitive figure skating world and hierarchy. Um, so you said you were striving for the Olympics and you adjusted your goal to the highest tier or level possible that you could get to. Could you just kind of explain a little bit of that real quick? Yeah, so in skating there's different levels. They go from juvenile to senior. And those are the levels that you would compete at. When you're a juvenile, that's the first level that you can compete at regionals. And from there, you can qualify for sectionals, nationals, and then from nationals, that's how you would get to like the Olympic level. Um, so I was able to skate at all of those levels, and I made it up to senior uh, my last year of high school. But I wasn't like competitive at that level to make it out of regionals. So I would always compete at regionals, but I wouldn't be able to place to like go to sectionals and things like that. But I still got to that level. Well, that's crazy. That's insane. There's so. <laughs> I mean, just thinking about it too, I knew the numbers for soccer when I played, but for skating, I would imagine there's tens of thousands of people competing all across the world to get into these different spots. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it's, 
it's a very niche sport. So if you compare it to other sports, there's not that many of us, but there are a lot of people that are trying to get to that top level once they mm-hmm. they get to be competitive. Right. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of those people are at different um, advantages, so to speak. Um, and you not only hit that level that, you know, thousands and thousands of people were trying for and didn't get to, but you hit it while, I mean, living with a chronic condition that there's literally no cure for. There's nothing that can improve. There's nothing that can cure it. There's nothing that can get it better. And you continued to fight through that and you didn't settle for any excuses or anything like that. You knew what you wanted and you went out and make made that happen, which uh, that's really inspiring stuff. And uh, I think that's the kind of thing the world definitely needs to hear more of right now. I mean, we all know how 2020 was and we're hoping for a better 2021 here, but you know, you need more you need more good stuff and inspirational stuff like this of that person who, you know, you had everything stacked up against you and yet you continued to fight through it, push through it and overcame and defied all the odds, really. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a crazy journey and I, my two coaches, I'll thank them forever for sticking by me with it because it definitely wasn't easy for any of us. And you had said before too that you were a gold medalist in uh, a triple gold medalist, right? Yeah, so when you get to that highest level, you have to test in order to compete there. And when you pass that test, you get a gold medal for being senior. Um, and so that's one gold medal is for freestyle skating, which is like the jumps and spins and stuff like that. Um, but in order to test in the freestyle component of figure skating, you also have to pass your moves in the field test, and those also go through the same level. So I had to get my senior level moves in the field. So that was one gold medal. And then I had to test once I got that one, then I would test for senior level freestyle, which is like the jumps and spins. And then I also did ice dancing, which is its own category. I used to compete in that a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I didn't like it as much as jumping and spinning because that was kind of like easy for me. So I was like, this isn't challenging enough. I want to do something else. But I still got all my uh, tests in that category too. So that's how I had my three gold medals. Very cool to see that you didn't just kind of settle for one form of ice skating. You kind of dabbled around and did everything, so to speak. Um, That's very cool. And... That was probably a really good way to express yourself, I would imagine, too, especially the ice dancing. Yeah. Definitely a huge stress reliever, too, because I can imagine, you know, different times growing up, there was probably some, uh, there was some hard challenges with that. And I'm sure having some way to positively, you know, influence yourself and get that negative energy out, so to speak, was probably very helpful. Yeah, for sure. Now, with ice skating, there's definitely a component of endurance. There's a component of balance, um, you know, being able to do the different spins and jump and land on one skate, having the lower extremity strength and core strength and stability to do everything that it is that you do um, on skates. What did your workouts and fitness endeavors look like at the time? school I was probably on the ice at least 20 hours a week 
dedication and extra commitment from such a young age has probably really influenced you and how you live your life now, I can imagine. So how have your workouts and fitness endeavors and how has everything evolved here? Because obviously now you're in college, you're down in Florida, warmer climate. How has everything kind of changed from then to now? settling and not settling for any excuse or anything definitely showed itself. I think I still remember, I think it was one of the first videos you had ever posted was this video of you during doing uh, Zercher squats with a barbell and a couple cinder blocks on each side. Yeah, so actually during quarantine, I went to Lowe's and I got like a cast iron pipe, two cinder blocks and some rope. And I was like, okay, this is all I've got. <laughs> Definitely. And I just remember looking at that video and you didn't have any kind of bar padding or elbow padding or anything on. You were just kind of going for it. And I remember watching that. I was like, yeah, I was like, wow, this girl has some insane dedication. She's uh, definitely got me beat here. But that's... Uh, I can definitely thank that you're skating for that for sure. <laughs> Jumping and throwing yourself on hard ice with like no padding at all. We always make the joke that like hockey players are lucky because they get all the padding and all that figure skating. You don't get any of that, so it's just sheer willpower. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, I'm a little soft over here. With you being down in Florida now, is there any difference between you know it's a lot warmer climate, a lot more humid than you're used to up north, and you know in you know the Jersey area in the ice skating rink? Obviously, that's a huge difference. So how does that impact you? Like with breathing, it was a little more challenging for me, but over time, you know, you adapt to it. And I just 
Have you noticed any kind of impact um, as time progresses? Uh, so for right now, you just had the surgery, I think last week um, to remove the papillomas. So over time, as the weeks and months progress after you get away from that, um, do you notice things become harder? Like breathing becomes more difficult and running becomes harder? Yeah, for sure. I'll get to a point where I'm definitely, it's harder for me to breathe when I'm working out. And like, even my friends, like I'll just be walking up a flight of stairs and I'll all of a sudden be so out of breath. And it's, it's not that I'm out of shape, obviously, because I'm continuously working out through all of this. It's just that my airway is now blocked. So I can over time start to feel it. Like in a couple months, I'll start to notice like, okay, it's getting closer to like the time that I need to have surgery again. Gotcha. It's just crazy to me how you've got this condition and yet you just continue to fight through it and you continue to, and I probably sound very repetitive saying this, but it just truly amazes me because I would imagine most people with this condition don't achieve the same level of function that you do and don't do the same things that you do. amazes me is the just overall influence that one person such as yourself can have on so many other people. Um, you know, how, how many times do you see people go about their daily life, daily routine, and they're like, oh, you know, I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to do that. Or, you know, I could push myself a little more in this, but I'm just going to settle for being good enough. How often do you see that attitude and just mindset in general in all aspects of life right now? And a lot, yeah. And, and just that reminder for people that, you know, there is someone else out there and Megan is a great example who has been given a lot more challenges in life and you don't settle. I say that all the time. I've said that probably a thousand times in this show already. Just you don't settle. You always push for more, strive for more and always find a way to make it happen. And I just think there's something very powerful behind that. And I mean, I hope that other people hear this and hear your story and kind of get inspired and motivated. And, you know, I'm sure your inbox is already flooding from all the things that you do, but hopefully now it floods a little more. Yeah, sure. Thank you. For the people who want to reach out to you more and see what you're up to, where can they find you? My Instagram is Megan McAvoy CPT. Uh, so just spell just like my name, M-E-J-N-M-C-E-V-O-Y-C-P-T. They can reach out to me on there as much as they want. Awesome. This episode is going to air on Wednesday, December 30th. So you have the last episode of 2020. So I will be sure to link everything directly to your profile. So if uh, you have any questions, you can just kind of click on that and head over there. But otherwise, Megan, thank you so much for your time and for your willingness to come on and talk about your life, really. Thank you so much. It was great to be on here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. 
If you've liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.